Did you hear the big news? We started a private university. We are rolling out a new design certificate program and a master's degree program along with our Design Suite Mastermind. We have new enrollment dates coming up for these programs. And if you want to watch a 10-minute video and learn more, go to designsuitecourses.com slash learn. All right, you guys, we're going to have a little bit of a meteor session on today's podcast. We're going to talk about the four traits every good designer needs to have. These are going to feel like yeah, duh, Karina, except for why are so many designers not doing them? So hopefully, if you're going through this checklist with me, that you're also gonna be like, yep, I am that, yep, I am that, and you can check all four of these off and you're good to go, okay? You might even rate yourself maybe one to 10, 10 being like, you are rocking it in this area to help you kind of determine like where are your holes, what, what could you do better, okay? All right, this is my number one thing, okay, for designers. And maybe it was because I was a creative director. Reliable. If you are not a reliable, and I should say consistent designer, I don't want you on my team, okay? That is 100% the case. I don't want you on my team, okay? So I want designers who turn in stuff on the regular, so they're very consistent with the way they turn things in. That is so important to me. It's actually one of the things we do um, in Design Suite is we have something called the Art to Cart Challenge. We just started a new round of it in January. And one of the things everyone has to do is consistently, first of all, put up their screenshots, but, shots, but then also consistently turn in stuff to their shops. Why do I have them do that? Because I think when you learn how to be a consistent designer and you're very reliable to someone who doesn't expect you to be reliable, like an online shop and they don't care when you turn stuff on in, but you become very reliable with turning that in, what happens? You become that way for manufacturers, okay? And you're not late, you are very focused and you get your stuff in. Now, have I ever been late for design work? Yes, I have, okay? I don't like that quality when I when I have overburdened myself and oh my gosh, 2022 was the year of over scheduling. One of my goals for 2023 was to under schedule myself because projects popped up. Um, there are some new initiatives that we wanted to do in Design Suite. We pushed them off. I was like, we can't get these done. Like I am not gonna work at a um, back breaking pace in 2023. We did in 2022 because we hired most of our team in that year and it was just crazy. It was crazy in the best ways, okay? But I think that the part of the reason we're reliable is because we put the right amount of things on our plate, okay? And I will be the first to admit, Megan Summerall, who's my time management friend, would tell, like, tell you that I, I overload my calendar in a way I should not, okay? So 2023, I'm not going to do that as much and I'm going to become even more reliable because I think that is a huge piece of being a great designer. Okay. Um, sorry, if you're on YouTube, you'll see I'm looking at my notes. Number two is efficient. I really think a great designer is efficient. Now that it all kind of all goes together, right? Because part of the reason we're so reliable is because we work efficiently and we're getting things done right? So if we're efficient with our work, that means that we're prioritizing the things that need to be prioritized, right? We're not slow. We learn Illustrator. We learn Photoshop. We're working fast. We're using all the different tools that are at our disposal to make us fast and good. 
We have someone in Design Suite, you know who you are if you're listening to this, who hasn't upgraded her software. And I don't know if she realizes it's holding her back. It's because she's not being efficient. And if we can be efficient, what will happen is we move forward quicker. We design faster, we can move between the iPad and our computer faster, production work gets done quicker. Um, you know, there are lots of tools that will help you become more efficient. Guys, if you have a very, very old computer, we have to talk about that. And, and lots of people will say, well, I don't know what kind of computer to get. Get one that's good. <laughs> get one that holds graphics. Get one that has lots of memory. Don't go for the cheapest thing out there, okay? Because it will cost you money if you're not efficient and faster. It will cost you money, you guys. People don't realize that. They're like, I don't wanna spend an extra $500, okay? They, instead, they buy a little bit cheaper of a thing, okay? That's not quite as fast. And then you, you sit there and you start compounding. If you could do the math, if you could say, okay, well, I maybe only lost five minutes today. We'll say it's something low, but five minutes a day because I wasn't quite as efficient as what the other machine could do, okay? Well, five minutes for a week is uh, 35 minutes, right? 35 minutes, okay? For me, I, I just want you to know, I sat down and did production. I, I actually scheduled myself two hours of production on a manufacturer's work that I was working on. I scheduled two hours for it. It literally took me 30 minutes. It was stupidly fast. And I didn't know it was gonna be that fast. But in 30 minutes, I was able to do full production on 15 items. So 35 hours in a week, or 35 minutes in a week, that is a, a that's for me, that could be worth about $1,800. Do you guys see what I'm saying here? It's like, you that's $1,800 a week of extra time I could have been designing. We're so busy looking for the best deal that very often we do things like we take a DIY course out there and there's lots of them. And you guys know, I've told you, there are very many of them that are very, very good. You take it at a much lower price than a program like mine. Mine's an expensive program. You take it going, well, in six weeks or four weeks or however many weeks, I'm gonna learn how to be a surface pattern designer. And instead, you've thrown your money at you know, the garbage. I hate to say it like that, but it kind of feels that way because you haven't learned to actually do anything with it. You've learned a little bit of Illustrator, but you haven't gone the extra mile. That always worries me, okay? Now, that being said, I do think if you're like, you know what, this is my stepping stone. You guys know, I'm all about stepping stones. We have stepping stones in my program, okay? And you take one of those DIY courses and it's stepping stone you into the next step, I'm all for it, okay? Because it's giving you a little more education, a little more knowledge, and you think of it as one course in your four year design career, right? Because that's what it is. It's usually not that much, but you get it. You get the idea. It's like this very small amount of education that's gonna get you to a certain amount, okay? And if you know that and you're willing to spend that amount and that's okay with you, that's okay with me too, okay? Just knowing that you're probably gonna have to go get more somewhere else, okay? Um, okay, so efficiency, you guys. Efficiency, reliability, and efficiency. Number three, designers who know how to prioritize, okay? Now, it's so funny, I was listening, who was I hearing talk about this? About how it's so funny that the word priority 
should never have a plural at the end of it. And I tend to do this, okay, where I will say my priorities. The whole idea of a priority is that there's one. There's one thing, one thing that's a priority. And instead, I think we get a little overwhelmed because we're like, oh, I have all these priorities. And the thing is that word means that there should be one thing that is the priority. Everything else is not a priority because it wouldn't be number one, right? So it's all these other things sitting on your list. So number one is the priority. And designers who know how to prioritize, that means they know how to put things in the order of the things that matter most. Let me give you an example, okay? So um, in November, uh, well, actually October, November, December, I mean, like I was under the gun for a lot of things. A lot. I can't even tell you. Oh, so many things, okay? And I had started a, a different program to teach me how to, you know, create this new video, okay? And it took me two months solid to build this thing, okay? So it, it took a little while to, to figure it all out. Meanwhile, my whole team is like, Karina, where are the podcast episodes? Karina, where is the Instagram reels? Karina, where, um, where are the YouTube channel videos? Karina, where's the Ink Club videos? I mean, like all the things, right? Um, because I needed to do those. I couldn't hand those off to someone else. You guys, I, I do a lot in my company on top of just being the face of it. And so I, um, but I said to them, listen, guys, this is the priority. I have to finish this thing. And once it's done, it's going to make all of our lives so much easier. And I, I think they would agree at this point that it has made everyone's lives a ton easier, but I made sure it was the priority. It was the number one thing. I had heartache about it for two months because there were other things I was supposed to be doing. I stopped writing my book at the time. I stopped a number of different things to do this one thing. That is good prioritization. Why? Because I knew it would give me time back later. There's a great book called um, Procrastinate to, I can't quite remember. It's Rory Vaden. So if anybody's listening to this, and I probably should put it in the notes. Uh, procrastinate to, I can't remember. But anyway, it's Rory Vaden. And he talks about if you can do things, uh, procrastinate on purpose. I knew it would come to me. Procrastinate on purpose. If if I do things today that will multiply my time, and he has a TED talk about it too, that will multiply my time for tomorrow, then that is a good priority, okay? So I'm constantly choosing things during my day that are my priorities, that I, if I can do them now, they will multiply my time in the future, okay? And I know if I do enough of those things right here in the next couple of years, I actually will get a lot of my time back or I'll get time back that I want to be using for other things. For example, in 2022, I didn't get a design as much. I was the creative director over designers for a lot of things, but I didn't get a creative direct. I mean, I didn't get a design as much. My goal in 2023 was to design more. I wanted to design more. So how do I bring that up to become a priority? Well, you will see in the next year, you will see how we're kind of switching things up to make sure that that's a priority amongst, of course, you know, second to that, design more, teach more, okay? Um, I think by designing more, I teach better. That's the bottom line for me. That's not the way it is for everybody. I think there are a lot of people who love teaching and then they design a little bit on the side. I think the more I design, 
the better of a teacher I can be because I'm in it. I'm in the realness of being a designer. Plus, I mean, you guys, the reason I got into this is because I love being a designer. It is the best. <laughs> if I'm being totally honest, it's the best. Okay, are we good? So number one was um, reliable. Number two is efficient. Number three is the ability to prioritize, okay? Number four is I'm gonna put it lightly, nicely, and then I'm gonna tell you how I really feel about it. <laughs> Number four is designers who tend to succeed love what they do. And they don't just love the fun parts, they love the hard parts too. I feel like I need to say that again because this is where the hobbyists, like designers, where that all comes out. Designers who love not only the fun parts, but they love the hard parts as well. Those are the designers that succeed. Now, this is where I wanna dig into it. I do say love here, but I would say some of us are obsessed. I am obsessed with great design work. I'm obsessed with designers who produce great design work. I'm obsessed with creating great design work. If we become obsessed, with what we're doing. And that doesn't mean perfect, you guys. I am really anti-perfect. I do not produce perfect things. Very often, I make lots of mistakes around it, okay? But instead, I become obsessed with the process, obsessed with what will get more design work out there and what's really beautiful and what would I use? What would I really like to use, okay? So you have to love everything about design. Now, are you gonna love it at the beginning? No, 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 no. <laughs> I remember at the beginning, I was just like, oh, the drudgery. I don't want to do this. I don't want to work on this. But it's so funny over the years, as I've gotten more and more into it, the more I realize, like, no, I actually like don't mind that. In fact, there's some pieces like the production work stuff. I actually love more than the design work at this point because it feels very freeing just to mechanically get everything in its place put it in the right rgb or cmyk put their bleeds on it make sure it's all set up correctly there's actually a tiny bit of me that gets a little like excited to sit down and do production work that was not the case for years and years and years so just like anything else we're doing in our business it doesn't mean you will love it now but you will grow to love it okay and I, I do think some of us need an attitude adjustment about loving it. Like we have to like almost tell ourselves, like Karina, the re you designed all this stuff and now you're gonna produce it. You're gonna sit and get the production work done. And you, you keep telling yourself you're not sure you love it, but like this is a part of the process. You, you actually kind of like it. You're on your computer and you can set everything up nicely and you can have a show going while you're doing this part. You can't do that during the design process part. I'll be like, oh yeah. It's like I have to talk nice to myself, right? I need to talk nice to myself and tell myself like what I'm doing right, how I'm doing it, what I can do to make it better, and how I actually maybe enjoy it. I do think some of this is all in our own head, what we don't like and what we like. So start to figure out ways you can love the entire process because these are the designers who succeed. All right, you guys, hope you enjoyed this. I hope you loved these four things, and I hope you can see that these are the things that successful designers are doing. And the more you do them, the more successful you will be. Hey, did you know that you can visit me at makeanddesign.com to learn more about this podcast and join my VIP group for weekly freebies? I can't wait to see you there.